Welcome to the Midday Treat with NAZ Elite, hosted by me, Coach Ben Rosario, featuring the Hoka NAZ Elite athletes, and from time to time, a special guest from the world of running. We talk training and racing, but we also just talk, and we go way deeper than just running. The Midday Treat is your chance to get to know us as people, so follow along and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And now, check out this episode of the Midday Treat with NAZ Elite. All right, everybody, here we go. This is the big podcast uh, where Kellen shares news with you. She's already shared it on social media, so we, the running world, know, but Kellen Taylor is pregnant. So, Kellen, the floor is yours. Kind of make this announcement formally. (laughs) When... (laughs) Obviously, you know when this happened, but like, <laughs> when, when did you realize, oh, I think I might be pregnant? How did it all come about? Just just share the news. Um, you know, I don't, I don't remember if I have like an exact date or even a month per se. Um, uh, but I think I was probably about like six weeks into it and, you know, felt kind of weird <laughs> and decided to take a test and um, came back positive. And I was like, first thing I said was, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, which I guess is probably appropriate in many ways. Um, and waited basically all day to tell Kyle. <laughs> he was like, you waited all day? I like, yeah, I waited all day. Um, yeah, and, you know, didn't didn't actually have a full confirmation from a doctor for, I don't know, seven more weeks. So we kind of waited until then to tell anybody else yeah. um, anything. Um, but, yeah, saw a little human on an ultrasound and... And you're like, well, that's a person. <laughs> and from a running standpoint, you were kind of dealing with some ailments, and so it wasn't as if you were in the middle of a heavy training block. Correct, yeah. Um, you know, which I think obviously aided in that. I think that it's a lot harder for runners to get pregnant when they are in heavy, deep training, marathon training and whatnot. Um, not that you would necessarily want to if you were in the midst of all that. Um but yeah, I was coming back or gosh, still in, I was still injured, I guess. It was almost the whole duration of the injury, I suppose, um, with the exception of maybe a couple of weeks because um, I had a torn planner and yep. then ended up having a metatarsal fracture yeah. as well. So, yeah, you know, the timing wasn't bad. <laughs> it's weird how things work out, right? Because so not only were you, so you weren't training very hard for reasons out, out of your control and then life situation was interesting because you and Kyle had just adopted mm-hmm. Cohen not too long before that, yes? Um, geez, let's see. Yeah, it had to have been probably, I don't know, a month and a half or so. So there's this theory among among people that are... Now, you weren't trying to have a baby, just to be clear. We were not, no. um, But there is this theory out there that, that when good things happen in your life and stress is relieved... That that's oftentimes when people get pregnant, which is sort of a human nature taking care of things kind of deal. Um, what what was life like? It was life better at that time. I mean, you you guys had fostered and fostered and fostered and and come close so many times to adopting, and then you finally adopted 
Uh, Cohen, I mean, maybe speak to that and just what life was like. Yeah, I mean, we had been fostering for three years at that point, and um, we finally had gotten to the point where we were kind of done with it in a sense, and then we found out about this little boy, and it ended up actually working out um, to where we could adopt him. And, yeah, I mean, things were really good in that sense. The only thing that really wasn't good was that I wasn't running. Um, But everything else was, was great and just kind of, you know, I probably, I guess, how I would want it to be. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I guess that must be how it works. <laughs> I know it might be. It might be. And look, we could do a whole podcast on the fostering, but you know, what have you learned over the last few years? Well, first of all, why did you start? And then, what have you learned? <laughs> we started fostering um, because we wanted more kids. Um, now we have a lot of kids, <laughs> um, and we—that uh, was a system where we saw that there was a lot of need. Um, there were a lot of kids in the system that needed homes. We were looking for a kid that needed a home, so it just kind of made sense. Um, yeah. Without derailing my career, um, I guess what you would call maybe in the peak of it. Um, and I guess even at that, even just a few years ago, uh, being pregnant and running still is a little bit foreign. Um, it, sh- it started to pick up traction around that time, but even then it wasn't something that everybody was doing yeah. um, with like feeling good about it and knowing that they were going to come back and have a contract in the end. Yeah. Um, so the, yeah, that's why, why we did it. Um, and then what was the other question? Well, what have you learned about the system? Oh, Again, okay. possible whole podcast, but... <laughs> the system's a mess. Um, I mean, I think that its heart's in the right place, but there's a lot of broken broken parts of the chain and um, a lot of uh, systemic failure, um, failing the kids in a lot of ways. But, you know, I, the way that we started to look at it was that you can only do so much and, like, you do what you can for the kids while you have them, and then... That's that's it. That's all you can do. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, you because know. you've had how many? How many? Oh gosh, I think we've had seventeen, seventeen-ish. Seventeen kids, 17 kids come kids, through the house so in three years. So wow. yeah, that's a lot of kids, and we've never had more than two at a time. Um, so yeah, we've had our fair share of uh, situations. I feel like we've probably seen just about everything that could possibly happen happen. <laughs> Usually not in a good way. Um, sometimes it's positive and things go well, but a lot of the time it's not great. I remember a few times when it seemed like there was a child who you really bonded with for whatever reason, just human nature, and you really felt excited about the possibility of adoption and then sort of the rug got pulled out from underneath you for, Mm -hmm. for whatever reason. How difficult is that? That was hard. Yeah, I think that's what kind of wore us down yeah. and why we had kind of gotten to the point where we were like, I don't know if we want to do this anymore just because it was like, I don't know what we can do. You know, like yeah. we're doing everything that we can and it's still happening. So yeah. I don't know why we keep putting ourselves through it and then having the same situations happen over and over again. Yeah. Um, but, you know, in the end, it was still like you still were helping the kids as much as you could well you had them and you know I'd like to think for that like small period of time that it was like a good part of their life yeah yeah all right so let's go back to you so you find this out you tell Kyle go to the doctor it's confirmed what 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 during that period of time what were some of your first thoughts I mean just some of your first honest thoughts uh, well, like I said, oh shit. <laughs> um, and then 
Uh, my biggest thing after finding out was like, what's going to happen? Yeah. Like, family-wise, whatever, that was fine. I wasn't worried about that at all. You know, I wasn't 23 years old like I was with Kylan, where it was a little bit nerve-wracking. It was like, that's fine. I'm comfortable in that aspect. It was more so career-wise. Like, yeah. what... I don't know. I don't know what to expect. I don't know how you guys are going to react. I don't know how Hoka's going to react. I don't know how any of it's going to go. And I... You know, I think some people naturally, when they're 36 years old, probably, like, t- trending towards the end of their career, they'd be like, oh, well, I could just be done. But that wasn't something that ever crossed my mind. Got it. Um, it was, I mean, it's not something that has really crossed my mind yet, because I don't think that I'm there yet. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. That was probably... That was the biggest That fear. was the biggest thing, and that's what I thought about a lot, basically. <laughs> Till I told you, till I told Hoka, and even not a little bit, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, because you just never know. But. Do you gain some level of confidence from staff, Alphine, and and what? Because look, you had a baby too, but it was you were twenty three, sure, <laughs> you know. But of course, Alphine just had a baby in her thirties, yep. and has come back and looks fantastic. Is is there some level of confidence that you take from that? Yeah, I mean, it's nice to see women that have had children, um, you know, a little bit later, 30s and whatnot, and have come back and competed really well, especially my teammates, Um, you know, and it's nice to be able to draw from, like, draw advice from them and, like, experiences and, like, whatever from them, because, like you said, I was 23, I don't, I was just a kid. Yeah. so this is kind of new to me in a sense, especially kind of in the running yeah. realm because I wasn't running really competitively either. So, Well, and there's other people to take you know confidence from too, not only from the pregnancy point of view, but just from women running fantastic in the marathon in their late 30s. Steph, Kira D'Amato, Sarah Hall, mm-hmm. um, and that's just the Americans. There's there's international athletes as well doing very well. Adna Kiplagat, right, so yeah. that you've raced many times. Um, is that part of the part of the confidence you you have about continuing forward as well? Oh yeah, for sure. I think that that's definitely been something that I've looked at and I've kind of drawn some confidence from, like knowing yeah. like it doesn't just have to be you. You don't have to really even be an anomaly. You can do it if you want to do it. That's right. Um, you know, I think you you have to be thirty seven, thirty eight to break the American record now. So <laughs> that's right. Well, and there was no sign even before this, that you were slowing down in any way, shape, or form. Outside of the injuries, the workouts and, and let's say your last marathon in New York only suggested that you were going like this. So I certainly take confidence from that. Sure. And, and I wonder if, I just, I'm not a big, um, like, uh, uh, th- everything happens for a reason person, but at the same time, I think there could be value, especially for the muscles, tendons, ligaments, bones, to take a little break. Um, and I do think you've seen that with pregnancies where it's, or or injuries even that force break. Sometimes people come back stronger than ever. And you've been so consistent over so many years, you know, perhaps there's something good about that. Sure. Yeah. Not feeling like I have to cross train like crazy if something's not right. Um, yeah, just being able to listen to my body and do what it actually wants to do instead of what I want to do. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Gosh, and it is so different than the first pregnancy. I mean, people don't know this because you weren't in the public spotlight back then, but I mean, your husband, Kyle, or, you know, uh, you guys weren't married yet, but at, this, at, at that time, I mean, he was in Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. Um, what was that first pregnancy like? I don't even know, really. <laughs> 
Um, it, like in what regard? Well, um, you stayed in Wisconsin. I moved back to Wisconsin. Yeah, I don't know that people really even know that whole story. You were meant to come out here to Flagstaff yep. uh, to begin your pro running career with Adidas McMillan Elite. Mm -hmm. And then you find out you're pregnant. You call Greg and tell him what? Greg McMillan. <laughs> yep. Um, you know, I told them, hey, <laughs> found out that I'm pregnant. Um, you know, I would really like to t still take this opportunity if it's still going to present itself. But I won't be able to do that, you know, for until next year sometime. Um, or I think it was at that time, it was the fall of 2009. Um, so I guess it was a, over like a year and a half later where I actually ended up moving out to Flagstaff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Greg yeah, said I mean, he never thought he'd see you again. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they were great though. They, yeah, they yeah. were like, sure. Yeah, that's fine. That sounds like a good plan. Just kind of keep us up to date. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Um, and that kind of remained my plan um yeah. you know i didn't really know what i was going to do with my life so there really wasn't much Few people of, do much at of 23 a, much of a plan b um you know i was working at target at like four in the morning with a little newborn and then personal training um as well when we lived up in wisconsin for the first six months of her life and yeah i mean when she was nine months old we moved out here and when did kyle come back he came back when she was six months old, so he was gone like the first six months of her preg of my pregnancy, or the, the last six months of my pregnancy, and then was gone the first six months of her life. But he did get to come back for two weeks, like a month after she was born. He surprised you? No, right? no, it was like a two-week leave. Oh, it was like a leave. Okay, I got yeah. you. I got you. Um, I'm thinking now in my head, I'm thinking, what? <laughs> this is a question I didn't prep you for. What? <laughs> Which pregnancy announcement were your parents more surprised by? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. Gosh, I wasn't, I wasn't, I was over the phone with my last, my first one, um, cause I was still in Kansas. Um, that's a great question. I don't know if they would you have, have an answer them. for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know if they would know. One was probably like a surprise, like, oh, we're kind of like upset. And this one was probably like, oh, we're, we're surprised. just really surprised. And we're happy for yes. you. <laughs> surprised and upset, surprised and happy. No, I got you. It's all worked out. It's all worked out. No, that's interesting. That's interesting. What, um, you know, when you, when you think about how you reacted physically to postpartum running that first time, do you expect this to be much different? Did you learn some personal lessons? I asked you about what you learned from Alfie and stuff, but what about from you yourself? Um, you know, with, with Kylan, my daughter, she, everything was probably about as easy as it could possibly be. Yeah. Like if, if you had like a routine pregnancy, it, that was probably me, like being pregnant, having her and then her as a baby, it was just so easy. So yeah. I don't know if this one's going to be the same, but I'm kind of going into it like na naively optimistic and kind of just approaching it the same. And if it doesn't end up being that way, then I'll deal with it when I come to that bridge. But till then, I think I'm just going to kind of... So far, so good, though? Yeah. No, good. I've had no issues. Never sick. Um, yeah. Oh, that's going to make people mad. I'm just <laughs> getting a little bit fatter. <laughs> it's all good. Um, well, here's, here's a question and a road I want to go down. So I wonder if, you know, this period of time now, um, since you've been pregnant, has in any way 
forced you, caused you, made you look back at your career thus far, you know, things you've done, accomplished, things you're really proud of, things you wish you would have done differently, have, have, just with this extra time, have some of these thoughts uh, entered your mind? Um, I mean, not really, um, other than when you kind of prompted it, but um, not really. I think that mainly, though, that's just because I don't feel like I'm done, and I don't feel like I've had my best yet. Yeah. So. Well, too bad. I'm going to ask you some of that stuff. <laughs> um, I, I'll, I'll start with, with this one. Um, and I did prompt you, so it shouldn't be totally out of, the, out of the blue. When you look back, what are some regrets, if you have any? Um, I think probably the biggest ones that I would have would maybe be not taking opportunities that I was presented with. So like some USA teams, um, just because I feel like, you know, you don't know when your next one's going to be. And I haven't been on a USA team for a long time now. Um, there was a period of time where it felt like I was on like every dang team other than like the big track ones. Um, but yeah, I think that's, that's probably the biggest one. It's like turning down world cross yeah. to get ready for a marathon, things yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and you know, maybe that could have affected the marathon, whatever you, you'll never know, but maybe a couple of those situations. Yeah. What about races that you did run? Is there one that like, if you had a redo, if you could go back and do it over again, which one would it be? And what would you do differently? I mean, you probably know the answer to this one. <laughs> Uh, definitely Boston 2018. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, I think it's a pretty simple answer. You just wear appropriate clothing. Yeah. I yeah. think that that would have yeah. changed the race dramatically. And, you know, not to say that I would have won or it, maybe it wouldn't have even went great, but I think that it would have given me more of a fighting chance to do something. Yeah. yeah. You know, what's interesting about that one that I came to peace with, and I think you did too, is like, ultimately though, every single person feels the same way. Sure. It's not like anybody dressed appropriately, even Des, which I don't even know if people know this story. She almost took that jacket off <laughs> five. I mean, five, 10 minutes before the race, she texted or called Ryan, her husband, and he just said, I'll just keep it on. You could always throw it off. I mean, she was that close to throwing that thing off. And I, who knows? Yeah. Maybe she doesn't win because it was so vital to be as warm as you possibly could be right. given the situation. Uh, but no, but my point is, no one was thinking, oh, I need to put more on. Right. They were all thinking, what could I take off? Because in your mind as an athlete in a race, you're, you're trying to wear as little as possible. That's what you've been programmed to do since you were in high school. And it just it just should have been the exact opposite. Yeah, it's so foreign to be layered up for a race. Yeah. And even like cross-country races where sometimes it's like, yeah, yeah you have to wear a long sleeve under, under your singlet or whatever. But yeah, it still feels weird. It's but it's so weird, but in retrospect, it's so obvious. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so no, I mean that makes makes total sense. What about so you said races? Uh, there's a couple that you wish you would have done. What are a couple? Like um, what, what's a race that you haven't done yet that you'd love to do, or one that you skipped that you would have loved to have done? Sure. Um, well, I want to do Berlin. Okay. Um, just fast a fast marathon. Yeah. I feel like I I read New York a lot, which I really liked. Probably one of my favorite marathons. Um, but you know to be able to get on a fast fast course with yeah. fast people and yeah. just kind of try and roll a fast time would be really nice. Um, and then yes, world cross would have been nice to do. Um, and then, um, I don't know. I mean, the Olympics would be great. Yes, <laughs> that would be a nice one. That would be a nice one. Um, 
What about the races that you did do? What are some of the races, and there's so many, but that you're the most proud of? Um, I think Grandma's is probably at the top of my list, and that just, I think... This is Grandma's 2018. Yeah, and I think a lot of that kind of has to do just have to, having coming back from Boston, where it was just, you know, just feeling like complete crap about not finishing a race, yeah. and at that time I had never dropped out of a race, um, and being able to go to there and run as well as I did, and like, feel like, okay, well... It's fine now. Like, it's yeah. kind of fine. Yeah. Um, so that one for sure. And then, you know, all my New York races, I'm pretty proud of those. They've gotten better each time. So I just got to keep running for a little bit longer and That's maybe right. I can end up on top of the podium. Um, yeah, I don't know. I One of the things about the Grandma's Marathon that I always tell people, and I'll, I'll die on this hill, is that it was such a superior performance physically. Um, you know... And, and I was reminded of it again this year because this year they had beautiful weather, objectively even better than you had. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, we've got new shoe technology now, um, and everybody's in that new technology across the board, all the brands. Um, and in 18, when you ran, I mean, there was the most basic racing flat you could ever have, which Hoka would even admit to, you know, the tracer, no carbon fiber, no fancy foam, just very, very basic. Nice flat, felt yeah, good, but it was basic. And this year, beautiful weather, pretty deep field, shoe technology, still the winner doesn't beat your time. And and she's a really good runner. Dakota Limworm is really good. I'm a big fan. Um, but I just, I just hope that as time goes by, people can recognize the the superiority of that particular run to run two twenty four thirty, no pacer, no uh, no big packs, totally solo the entire second half, uh, faster second half than the first, just a really good run. So I'm glad to hear you say that because I think it was an incredible run, and it 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 also shows you as I think has been a theme throughout your career that there have been times and performances that were certainly Olympic caliber. But just all didn't always fall at the right time. Right. You know, if that performance physically happens in New York at one of your New Yorks, maybe you are on the podium. Sure. If that performance physically happens at the trials, you're almost certainly on the Olympic team. But it's not that you've run poorly at the trials. You've run very well. It's just not everything falls exactly as you'd like always. Um, what's the trials race out of the... The ones that you were close, you know, so let's say 6th and 16 at the marathon, 4th in the 10K and 16, 8th in the marathon in 20. Which of those is, do you feel like, oh gosh, if this this would have gone differently? Um, I mean, I think I would have to say this last one, if because there was such a clear, like, <laughs> I had a fracture or stress fracture in my uh, tibia. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that you know without that, yeah, without that, I think we could have maybe seen a different story. But you know, it is what it is, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> what happened happened. And yeah. you know, it was great to see Alphine win, but it would have certainly been nice to have been up there with her. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I mean, and you look, I don't mind saying it. You won't say it, but I mean, that's that's kind of what we all felt. I mean, there was nothing in training in the years that you guys have been working together that would suggest that there's some big difference between the two of you. Um, and there was really, 
a little bit of difference coming down the stretch because I think that injury was either happening or happened um, where she looked a little better. But but there was still even so no big indication that uh, that, you know, you should feel inferior to her in any way. Um, you know, I think you being right there seems like it was really a realistic thing except except for the injury. So, yeah, you know, it's just a matter of getting it right uh, on the right day and being being totally healthy, of course. I, I want to bring up a race that I am really proud of that you ran, which is, and of course, nobody knows about it hardly, but, uh, you know, in the summer of 2020, during the pandemic, we got really fit. That was another missed... Yeah. Man, that would have been nice to have that trials that summer. But you got really fit. Lauren got really fit. Steph got really fit. And we were just trying to create opportunities for you guys. And you did the St. George little 5K that we created. That was in the morning. And you ran well there and beat a number of really good athletes. Then you went to California for one of the sound running meets and won that 5,000 in 1511. Or, or I'm sorry, you were second went, to Lauren. Yeah. Lauren ran 1510. <laughs> you ran 1511, but you guys ran really well, beat a number of really good athletes. And then uh, we set up a 10,000 in Santa Barbara uh, at Westmont College, which, look, it wasn't ideal, but there was really nothing else to do. Yeah. We really wanted to run a 10,000. Westmont allowed us to do it, but there's no lights. So we had to do it before the sun went down. We had to do it with just the three of you and Ben pacing. Um, and it was just the best thing we could possibly set up given the circumstances. However, and you were very fit. However, um, you had a crazy life situation happen right before you were supposed to leave. So what the heck happened that weekend? Because I think the race was on a Monday. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Um. So, gosh, I think it was maybe on a... It was the day before we left. I think it was Friday. Yeah, the day before we left, yeah. we got a call that a couple of our kids that we had had previously had went back into care, and need. They asked if we wanted them, and we said yes. So basically, we had to, we had to drive to Havasu, which is like three ish hours away. Yeah. Um. Kind of in at night, got there at like midnight, picked up a nine month old and a gosh two two year old. And had stayed in a hotel that night, didn't have a pack and play or anything. Hotel didn't have a pack and play or anything. So we've got these two kids that are just kind of like sprawled out, laying around, <laughs> trying to sleep. Um, and then got back in the car and drove back the next morning. And then I don't, I think we left maybe the next day. Um, yeah, because, I, because to... I, th I think we left the day before because of the pandemic. We, yeah. we wanted to be wherever we were going as you know, for as short of a time as possible. Right. So, yeah, I mean, grabbed these two kids, took them home. You basically <laughs> said, didn't sleep yeah. Friday night. That's yeah. what I'm getting at. Yeah, it yeah. was a little bit rough. Um, and then you were the one that drove. You drove Sunday. You drove Lauren and yeah. somebody else out maybe. And, yeah, I don't uh, even remember. But, yes, I did drive. I forgot about that. Yeah, because we couldn't fly. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. I'm trying to explain how <laughs> non-traditional this lead-up to this race was. You don't sleep Friday night. You drive all the way through the night drive all the way back the next day, you've got these two kids, then you drive again, now all the way out to Santa Barbara, which is not a short drive, no. um, and then we race the next night, and you run 31.07. You were so out of it that you didn't even bring the correct bring the shorts. Right sing I didn't bring the right singlet. The right singlet, that's right. <laughs> I didn't have the right, the current sing singlet, so, or crop top. I would normally wear a crop top, but I didn't have the right one, so then I had to borrow a singlet from... Um, I don't remember if it was Lauren or Steph. Yeah, crazy, <laughs> absolutely crazy. Well, and then I thought that I had pulled my 
pulled something. Before yeah, before the race. The race. Yeah. Felt fine. So. Yeah, that was <laughs> no issues. That was something to be proud of for sure. Uh, okay, so rank your top three marathons that you've run. I mean, you've run, of course, you've won Grandma's and you've been top ten at New York a bunch of times, and you've been. Uh, top 10 in the Olympic trials and you've been fourth at Prague and, and all these things, uh, 225 at Marathon Project, etc. What are your top three? Give me three, two, one. Um, third, let's see. I think I might pick Prague for that one. Um, and the reason that I picked Prague is just because it was such a mental grind. Yeah. Um, it wasn't the best race of my life and it was not ran the correct way, but I had to grind from like 11 miles on and that was a long, long marathon. And I was really fortunate to have Tommy Rivers help pace me just randomly in the middle yeah. of the race. Um, but geez, it was, that was one where I got to the finish and I was just proud of myself for, for finishing it and it not being a complete disaster because yeah. as I was coming in, I was like, well, I don't know, I guess we'll just try and hit the Olympic standard, which at the time I think was 229.30. And I was like, I don't even know what pace I'm on. I'm just kind of running here, hoping that I get to the finish and it's not a, you know, a complete train wreck. And then you were throwing out times and you were like, oh, 223 pace. And I'm like, oh, that's good. And then it was like 224. <laughs> and just kept going up. Yeah. Um, so to get to the finish and to see like an actual like time that was... Because you ran 226. Yeah, yeah, 226 something. And it was something that I was like, okay, that's fine. It's not the best race of my life, but it's fine yeah. <laughs> to yeah. be able to kind of redline for a really long time. Yeah. Um, so that's three. Two, I would say is probably... New York last year, um, just because I had a really weird segment. Yeah. Um, it was probably the worst segment of my life. I, nothing went right is what it felt like. Yeah. Nothing came easy. Um, I still did the work, but nothing was coming easily. So to be able to go into that race and still feel confident enough to kind of be in, be in the lead, which at that point I think was kind of autopilot, um, more instinctual than it was necessarily something that I thought yeah. through a whole lot yeah um and then come away barely being sixth um, I got fast right at the line um was pretty good and then and then it was fast too we were in I ran 226 slow yeah at, um, at, at New York yeah so yeah. I think that was the third fastest American time um ever and then first is grandma's yeah and I've already explained that that's one, right so. that's right well <laughs> pretty much the same as me except I I put my top three together, and I, 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 and part of it is just called how exciting the race was. I thought about Prague. If we came down to Prague or seventeen New York City, okay. I liked seventeen New York City because that was before you were as confident as you are now, and when that race kind of broke open around halfway, you chose. I mean, you chose not to go, mm-hmm. which is a choice you wouldn't make today. Uh, but you, I you then realized I can get back up there, you know? And so you worked your way back up to that pack. And I think just people don't remember this and they, they shouldn't. I mean, obviously Shalane won, so that was the big thing. But you were back. You you got back to that front pack with Shalane. Um, but you did it the hard way. I mean, you ran the fastest 5K on that stretch uh, along First Avenue, even faster than Shalane in that pack to catch back up with them. But then just, and this is how it goes sometimes, almost right when you got back up, then it moved again. Yeah. And that was so hard. <laughs> but then you were in fifth for a long time, battling fourth, fifth with, with Edna. 
and then you just ran out of steam at the very, very end the and ended up eighth. And um, I think a lot of that had to do actually with the effort you had to put in to catch back up to that pack. But I, w- I just remember that being very exciting, watching watching you catch back up. And, and um, I think that day really vaulted you to a new level confidence-wise because of how it went. Do you remember it that way or? Yeah, no, I, I remember that race pretty clearly. I remember most of my marathons pretty clearly, like yeah. how they were ran and what happened. Um, but yeah, I mean. You yeah, also didn't, exactly. you also didn't have any electrolytes in your final bottle. That's true. I I have issues with New York <laughs> in the final bottle, but yeah, I missed, I put the wrong thing in my last bottle. So that was my mistake. Well, when you think about the opportunities that are still to come, uh, particularly 2024, mm-hmm. because let's be honest, if you're going to have this child in January of 2023, you really can't realistically be thinking about being back to 100% fitness until about a year later. Not to say we won't do things before that, uh, but luckily a year is plenty of time to be ready for what we assume will be the Olympic trials marathon. Um, is it, do you allow yourself to already start thinking about that? What, what is your vision uh, of coming back and what do you get excited about in the future? Well, like I said, I'm kind of going into it like naively optimistic. So I'm kind of already on the trajectory of being like, okay, well, everything's going to go fine. I'm going to come back and like not have any issues Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. be able to start doing stuff, you know, um, relatively quickly. Um, cause with my daughter, I could do that. Um, but again, I'm not 23 years old and it's, you know, a different, different pregnancy and they say they're never the same. So, um, you know, that is probably super naive of me, but um, in my mind, I'm like, I've already talked to Josh even. I'm like, Hey, is there anything, what do you think about like a June or July marathon that I could do to just kind of like get the wheels turning again, do something before I go and do one in the fall? Yeah. Um, you know, but obviously that's all dependent on how, how I come back, how my body feels and not, not rushing it so that I end up in a position that's worse than, it needs to be, um, you know, I obviously don't want to get injured. I don't want to have something that's going to set me back. Um, so. Well, I think, you know, there's a mindset issue too. So, you know, a lot of it, and I like how you're talking already, a lot of it, you're thinking about all the negatives or are you, the general you would be thinking about the negatives, but what could be the advantage here in, in this situation as it relates to you and preparing for 2024? Um, <laughs> The advantage? Um, gosh, I don't... <laughs> that's kind of hard. I mean, is there an advantage to being kind of set back for a year or two? Probably not. But, I mean, I think that there's pieces that I can pick from where it could be maybe be somewhat of an advantage. Um, I'll listen to my body more than I probably would. I won't end up with a stress fracture training in a segment. Yeah, yeah. Um, and training through it because that's, you know, the trials and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Could, could, I, there, I be an, be could there be an advantage to life finally being settled? Because that was not the case in the last buildup, that's for sure, as you were still in the thick of fostering. Yeah, the last buildup was really tough for the first several weeks. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, that certainly will be something that'll help. Um, not having all that craziness going on, it'll just be life, which will still be crazy, but it won't be crazy as in like completely unpredictable, stressful, emotional, not something that we aren't deciding at all. Um, because that's how fostering is. It's like, you have no say in anything that's going on. It's just kind of like, this is what's happening. So deal with it is pretty much how it goes. Um, so yeah, that'll be really, really nice. And then, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, I think that I know that I, I want to be doing this and that I don't want to be done. So I think that there's also just like, you're choosing this. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's where I want to be. It's what I want to be doing. Um, nobody's making me do it. Yeah. I don't feel like I'm dragging it out longer than I want to, or feel that I should be doing it. Um, so just like the general purpose of me being there. I wonder if that's an advantage as well, because I feel like there was a time in your career earlier where you thought a lot about what was next and you didn't stay as present. Um, am I wrong? No, that's true. I was very torn, torn between what, like I wanted to be there, but then I also wanted to be firefighting. Like I was torn between wanting to do both simultaneously and finding a way to make that work. And I've, it, they don't really work that great together. They're really, really hard to to fit in place. Um, so yeah, that I think is different. Um, it's something that I still want to do. Yeah, is firefighting still on the table? It's something that I still want to do, but again, it's still also just finding finding that place. Yeah, you know, and then it's kind of like running. Like I don't know, can I be? 40 years old and a firefighter? Yeah, I guess I can. Cause if I can run and be 40 years old, then yeah. I can probably do that as well. Um, so we'll kind of cross that bridge when we get to it and like, see, see what happens. But, um, it's certainly not something that I'm ruling out. Um, you know, it's still something that I think that I would do really well in and that I would be happy yeah. doing. So one more future question, cause I don't want you to think about the future either, but uh, what about ultra running? Has that crossed your mind? Um, you know, I thought more about trail than ultra. Okay. Um, so like shorter type trail races. Well, I mean, any of it, I would do ultra trail. I would do ultra like, trail. any of okay. that stuff is yeah. fine. Um, ultras don't peel, appeal to me quite as much because it sounds kind of miserable, but I hear that people that do them kind of just get sucked into them once they do them. Yeah. They're like, Oh, I want to do this hundred mile race just to do it. And then they're yeah. like, Oh, I'm on my 50th hundred mile race. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I will definitely do some ultra and I don't know if it'll be something that I stick with yeah. like longer, like as I get older. Um, but trail, I think that it's something I could do and do well. Yeah. I so. think people say that about you because of your strength physically, your determination, your willpower, but then also your athletic ability. Um, and you do, you've mountain biked and different things. And so you know, I think they see all those things and they think, oh, maybe, you know, I think my, your biggest challenge would just, and anybody's biggest challenge that's coming from high level 10K running, half marathon, marathon running is just that total shift to it being so much more about the distance Yeah. and, 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 and the, the challenge of running for that far and the nutrition and everything, because look, I'm not saying nutrition is not important in the marathon, of course, but let's be honest, you're only out there for two hours and 20 some odd minutes. Right. I mean, yes, we, we do everything right and we try, but uh, 
it's nothing like they have to think about for the ultra. And I, I think that would be the biggest challenge. We're not eating pizza out there. Yeah, yeah, you can stop and have some uh, M&Ms know. and everything else in the ultras. No, uh, it's it's a different sport for sure, yeah. but it makes sense that, that you could be good at it. Um, as fans are watching this journey over the next few months and then particularly as you come back uh, postpartum, what do you hope they take out of it? Um, I don't know. I mean that... Really, you can do anything that you want. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that, like I said, it was something that kind of scared me initially, and it's always something that's kind of scared me, and that's honestly why we didn't have more kids um, right away. Like, we wanted more kids, like yeah. I said, but it was just something that wasn't really in line with my running goals and, like, knowing what was going to happen with my career, and it was always like, oh, well, after I do this, yeah. then it's it'll be fine, like... I'll prove myself plenty and, you know, they'll be like, sure, yeah, we'll sign you again. Um, but, you know, that time just never never came. Yeah. There's <laughs> so always something on the, on always, the docket. There's yeah. always something. And I think people say that a lot in life, like with a lot of different things, is like, you know, at this, once this and this happens, then it'll be like the perfect time. But there never is a perfect time. <laughs> so it's kind of, you know, finding, like, grabbing the opportunity and just going with it because... You might, yeah, you probably won't find that perfect time yeah. ever, and then yeah. you'll just, it'll just never happen. That's right. What, when I think about this, I think about how you appeal to certain people, Steph appeals to certain people, Alephine, Matt Baxter, Tyler Day, Wesley, Alex, all, all these people on the team have these individual fan bases that collectively create this big fan base that we have as a team. And, of course, there's a lot of overlap. But particularly when you think about runners themselves – what kind of runner do you think you appeal to? Um, I mean, I would think probably somebody like myself, just yeah. kind of like gritty and, I don't know, just there to see how good they can be and yeah. how hard they can push themselves and see if they can get the most out of themselves on any given day. Do you think this, I didn't put this on the prompt, but but uh, Peter Abraham told, told me to ask you this. What about for a young girl, like a 13-year-old, just starting cross-country in high school, 14 um, what's your advice for that girl? Because you were that girl at one time, and here you are at 36, um, kids, family, still running, still competing, still doing very well. But of course, we know some horror stories as well. So what have you learned? What would you, what would you tell that young girl? You know, when I was 13, 14 years old, I didn't really love running. Yeah. <laughs> like, I did it because I was good at it. Um, but it wasn't something that I was like, yeah, I'm going to definitely do this as a job when I get older. Yeah. Never crossed my mind. It didn't cross my mind until I was a senior in college and about ready to graduate and was like, oh, that sounds cool. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I enjoyed myself when I was at practices. I had fun, and I think that's a big reason why I wanted to continue doing it. Um, so I think that's important, like as a younger person to actually enjoy the process. You yeah. don't have to love running 10 miles. Like I get that. Not everybody loves that initially, yeah. but you know, like do the work. This is what I tell my daughter too, cause she does cross country. I'm like, do the work and then you can have fun. Like hang out with your friends, be goofy, do whatever you want. Like yeah. that's part of the sport. Yeah. Um, so I think just like enjoying the whole process and then just kind of seeing where it gets you, like do the work. Be serious when you need to be serious. Yeah. And see what happens. One thing you did, and, and 
maybe it's good advice, maybe it's not, but you sort of got more and more serious as your career went along. Whereas you do see some high school boys, girls get so into it so early and it's almost like, well, where do you go from there? You know, I remember as, as I've told you talking to Coach Burns, who was your coach at Wichita State and, and he telling he 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 was telling me the story about how he could never get you to run in the summer or the winter in the off season and that sounds funny to think about now, but you wonder if almost it was a good thing. Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, that's exactly how I was my whole entire career. It was like high school. Like, yeah, I would do the work, but then sometimes I wouldn't do the work. Sometimes I would run back to the track with fries in my pocket. Yeah. <laughs> I would stop at a restaurant and get fries and then just run back. So miss, you know, half of the work. But then I did a good chunk of the work as well. Um and then went to college, had a lot of fun for a couple of years, didn't do very much work, but probably more than I did in high school, and then went to my four-year college and worked a little bit harder, but again, didn't, yeah. didn't wasn't like, you know, 100% doing everything that I definitely should have been doing, um, and then moved out here, and it was like, well, this is my job. I guess I better start doing what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of struggle with kids in high school that are training like they're in college or like professionals I think that that's a really tricky spot and I it's cool to see them running so fast but they're running fast because they're doing so much more work you know they're not running 15 20 miles a week they're running 70 75 miles more um which yeah is kind of a hard spot because I don't know some of them there is nowhere else for them to go like that is where they're gonna peak and that's tough. That's going to be really tough when yeah. they get to that point in college or outside of college and they're just kind of plateaued. Um, I don't know if that's like just like a body thing or what what it is like, but well, we're so we're it's so clear now that women in particular distance runners, uh, particularly long distance runners, are peaking in their 30s. I mean, there's just oh, no yeah. there's just no question about it. So when you know that that's possible, and you know that that's what's happening, then you start to think, well, why would you push them too hard when they're 14 and 15? They're not, they're not at their peak physically. A guy at 15, 16, 17, particularly 18, 19, 20, is really close to his peak physically. But a woman is, is a long way, has a long ways to go, and it seems like you might as well take advantage of that and build really, really gradually over time. But, um, yeah, I think these are interesting things that are going to be figured out scientifically over the next couple of years. But I think anecdotally, we're learning already that, hey, let's be patient with young women. Let's be patient. Right. Uh, particularly if you have someone really talented. It's like counterintuitive. It's like the more talented they are, the more you should the be less. careful. You know, the more you should be careful because they have a real chance to do something. But you got to, and I think it happened to you sort of naturally. But uh, nowadays, it's so much harder too because there's such a spotlight uh, on anybody that, gets really good really young and that's a challenge that's i think it's i think it's also important to just do multiple sports that's right you know i was a multi-sport athlete um in high school or my whole life um and i think that helped a lot yeah how long did you keep playing soccer i played soccer even into my freshman year of college yeah um so my whole life yeah (laughs) um and just now, I think my daughter might be better than me. <laughs> <laughs> At which? Running or soccer? Soccer. Okay. I, I mean, running, I told her I told her just the other day, I said, you know, you might be able to beat me here here in a couple of months. But <laughs> Yeah, that's right. That's right. We should have a race. Um, 
Okay, what's been the biggest misconception about you over the years? Um, <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I really pay much attention to that. That's good. Um, That's good. Um, I don't know. Probably that I'm mean. <laughs> um, which I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I, can, I think I they can just be opinionated and yeah. Well, I think people, you run in such a way that it that's not. That's not the human Kellen, that's the competitor Kellen. And so I think it's just, it's hard to separate the two. And I think that happens with a lot of athletes where your demeanor on the course or the track or the field, uh, I think people assume that that's who you are as a person, but it's not always the case. Correct. (laughs) (laughs) But you are an introvert. I am, yeah. Yeah. Definitely an introvert. Uh, And you do lead by example, and so those things aren't misconceptions. But I think perhaps having people hear about your family life, okay, you know, it's a little different than than what they see on the the track and on the roads. Um, I asked a lot of these questions about about running and and pregnancy uh, already, um, and I asked a lot of the the future things already. Um, So just, just leave with maybe something in the present. Uh, which is what, and, and this is interesting, of course, for people who want to follow along over these next few months and maybe you're pregnant, maybe you're going to be pregnant. Um, what have you learned about pregnancy itself? Because I know you and I were talking about this the other day, what you actually can and can't do and how you're going to apply that to these next few months. Um, you know, when I was 23 and pregnant, I just was like, oh, you can't do this, you can't do that. And you just assumed. Kind of, yeah, I just kind of went with what I had heard and... Um, that was that. But now as I'm older, I'm like, oh, I wonder why. Why can't you do this? Like, why can't you have a cup of coffee? Why can't you, you know, like... Why can't you have a few beers? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> why can't you have, like, sushi? And, like, some of it's fine. And, like, if it's your choice to not do any of that stuff, it's completely fine. But then there's actually, like, really nice drawn-out reasons and, like, research and all sorts of stuff. Like, why it's either okay or not okay and like seeing that I was like oh okay well you're not supposed to have sushi because you could get food poisoning I'm like well so that's anytime yeah (laughs) anytime that you eat sushi you could get food poisoning um so if you're going to a place that you feel comfortable going and you don't think you're gonna get food poisoning then it's okay maybe don't get it from the gas station (laughs) yeah don't get it from the gas station but um yeah so I found that to be interesting and then like coffee I enjoy coffee so it was like, oh, well, you can drink up to, like, gosh, I don't know, I think it was, like, one or two cups a day or something like that, and there hasn't really been any evidence that there's anything that happens. Yeah. So I'm like, well, I drink coffee, so I'm going to keep drinking coffee. But there's a lot of things, and you'll have people that are like, no, absolutely not, you definitely shouldn't do that, and then you'll have people that agree, and are like, yeah, that's fine, and it's com- completely fine either way yeah um i just thought that it was interesting to yeah. be able to like kind of look into that stuff and feel a little bit more informed about why why those things are the way that they are and how about running stuff um running stuff you know i haven't looked up that much about running but i did look up like core because that was one thing that i remember with my daughter like oh you're not supposed to do core and i did do some core like on your back mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, I wonder, like, why? Why is that? And I thought that it was just, like, all based, like, around the fetus, and it's not. Like, at least not until you get further along. Like, when you get further along, then, like, being on your back is kind of dangerous because it compresses, like, 
arteries and I don't know things that can be dangerous but um for like laying on your back it's more so for the mom because that's part of the reason that like diastatic recti happens so like the separation of the ab muscles um so I was like oh well I don't really want that so maybe I'll I don't know not do that yeah (laughs) but um yeah, and then right. Wait, so it happens when when you do core? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um and I mean none of this stuff is like I didn't really hammer into it, but yeah. um You got some time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, and then just like exercising in general, there used to be like the heart rate rule where it was like your heart rate has to be I think they used to say like 140 or less, um yeah. which is insane because that's nothing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're not doing much if it's 140. Um, and that's kind of something that's kind of went out the window. They say that you can exercise, kind of do what you were doing before. You don't have yeah. to try and, like, break any records or anything like that. But if you can work out and still, like, talk a little bit, feel comfortable in some regard, then you're okay. Like, don't pass out. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's it's safe. And you've been doing some workouts. Yeah. And they've been okay, but you've been really good about cutting things short if it felt like, okay, that's about enough. Yeah, and I'm sure that'll continue to, you know, continue to happen. Things will yeah. continue to get shorter or whatnot. Um, and I think, yeah, as long as you're listening to your body and, um, yeah, not trying to break break records, mm-hmm. then you'll be fine. Um, but, again, I'm not a doctor. I just, <laughs> that's how I'm approaching it, so. Good, good. Well, this was great. I think this caught everybody up on a whole bunch of things. And we'll try to make sure that we share some other things as you go. And then, of course, as you come back and get people excited about your journey all the way till um, you finally run the trials healthy and ready to go in 2024. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Kellen. Thanks for listening to the Midday Treat with NAZ Elite. I'm Addison Rosario, Coach Ben's daughter. If you're watching on YouTube, hit the like button and subscribe to our channel. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at NAZ underscore Elite. Subscribe to our weekly newsletter on NAZElite.com. And stay tuned for the next episode of the Midday Treat with NAZ Elite.